You only have two options, yourself and me, I remember telling her. But why would you choose yourself? Well, I suppose you'll find out soon enough. But still, I'd continued. She lived in the distant future. Technology advanced so that she, amongst a select few of the remaining population of Earth, could create perfect copies of themselves by using brain scans to record clips from their memories and replicating their personalities. This Shutter was done through a holistic scanner built over a bedsit, next to an ironically outdated light bulb that observed her brainwave functions throughout the night. As well as this, it constantly updated her carbon copy it reproduced in the portal chamber with her dreams, effectively Shutter keeping a metaphysical dream diary by itself. Her bedroom was perfectly accommodated to these futuristic functions. Over the years, it had changed in terms of setting from a dilapidated grungy mess to a high-tech facility. Aside from this, you were probably wondering why there were hundreds of old bird feathers lying in the street, why I had described them as the consumption and who I and she are. Very well, I can answer the first two of these pertinent questions, but the final two are left up to you to work out. She did not sleep well that night, in fact she did not sleep at all. The constant flapping noise from the birds outside her window kept her awake. Her stomach rumbled as she lay in her flotation tank, restless. She'd only eaten what was left of her meagre reserves, tins of old spaghetti hoops and dye. The hunt had not been fruitful that day. She had failed to get her hands on any birds to bring home and cook for a proper meal. She had no money on her dresser, had no use for either of them. If she did though, she would probably spend it on food and better hunting gear. The bird feathers were piled in the street because birds had become the last resource of food on planet Earth. Those with enough money had migrated Earth before the War of the Sky which is what the remaining survivors refer to the historical event of Earth's birds becoming Shut infected with a mad cow-like disease causing them to attack bystanders without bias, had a chance to affect them, such as infecting their crops and killing off their food supply. As a result, the remaining inhabitants took to the streets, the beaches, the gullies and Shut the deserts to stage a mass culling of the birds in question in an attempt to rebuild the world's infrastructures. However, not knowing of the disease with which the birds were infected, Many of the survivors grew ill and eventually passed away, leaving the remaining survivors at a very low total, hence the utilisation of previously undiscovered technology and the creation of nanocarbon copies to provide people with company and entertainment. However, people did not realise that these co copies would one day turn on them, and the events that I am describing now are from now, the year 2156. So, to get you up to speed, the year is 2156. Earth has be been vacated of human beings, save for a few remaining wild survivors. And the War of the Sky has caused Earth's key food resources and economy to dwindle and has left birds as the only feasible means of sustenance. Now that we are on the same page, I can continue with the story. Her means of and will for survival were growing thin. The ongoing war meant that Earth had no longer a stable economy, not that it was ever stable beforehand and so she was out of work. Since there were no bills to pay, she spent most of the time tinkering with the space-age technology in a lab or room. She had a pet goldfish before it was plucked out of its bowl by a hungry seagull, and she now considers her carbon copy clone as her closest friend and or relative. She lives in an undisclosed flat in an unknown city in Europe, so she despises them in their ways. In terms of snow, the ground is always so thick with bird feathers that it constantly reminds her of winter. She also grew up without any schooling, formal or otherwise, but instead learned to read and write through the use and adaptation and engineering of the universe's advanced technology. Her carbon copy always brought her new information from the world as the war of the sky unfolded. 
However, one day a copy had not done so. So she came to the conclusion that the war was over, or at least had slowed, and that it would be safe to venture outside her apartment. This was far from accurate. In fact, the culling was at its peak as she stepped out into the chaos. Of course, she tried to turn on her heel and go back inside. The fire exit door had slammed behind her, and unfortunately for her, she had misplaced her swipe card for the building. She looked around in exasperation and headed for the other side of the street. This was in an even worse way with the feathers effectively forming a dirty white blanket over the sidewalk. The rain, which had started as a trickle, eventually turned into a downpour and did li little to clear a path for her, instead mulching the feathers into unfathomable shapes and textures. Not trying to shift through the sludge, she climbed to the top of her effectively derelict building and climbed in through the open skylight, shattering her ancient light bulb in the process. Upon landing with a heavy grunt back in her room, she engaged in a heated argument with a clone. However, she was not well suited to this life, and becoming lonely, attempted to reinstall her clone. It did not work. She became dejected and started to wander the streets, half searching for clues of other survivors with similar clone problems, and half hoping that she would be attacked by the birds and die. Yet, as she turned the corner of a side street leading to her building, a clone, through some absurd technological miracle, reinstalled itself in her brain and she unwittingly survived the latest vicious bird attack and made it home safely. The clone reveals to the female her identity. It also tells her that there are wider forces in outer space trying to manipulate her decisions through space transport amongst many other means. That's when I came along. I told her I was responsible for her clone's malfunctions and that I had a male counterpart, counterpart clone installed in my brain too. In fact, it turns out that me and her go back a long way, to before the war. We worked this out by looking at and comparing the memory reels from each of our clones. We ended up getting back together and to this day we strive to preserve ourselves and the human race throughout the course of the war by using stealthy hunting techniques, saving survivors with broken clones and helping those who are lost to name but few raids. There are effectively two of me, the me from my past life and the current me, reincarnated and searching for the remnants of the identity of my former self. I wouldn't say I was particularly faithful to her. Before I arrived on Earth, I'd had numerous partners, too many. Almost screwing around led to less funds for fuel for a spaceship and the mind control technology necessary to keep her in check. Anyway, I prefer Earth's local cuisines. Trust me, fried seagull is better than the green goo they sold at the markets up there. Before coming to Earth, I was known I was what was known as an alt university student, a disciple of the Evergrown Legion of Knowledge. My current quests have sadly halted this part of my life. I used to spend my studying hours paranoid that Space Force and other authorities would catch up to my schemes that they had been telling me for a number of years. As you can imagine, this led to me becoming extremely paranoid. In terms of my personal life, I remember having a pet gerbil that, and that my parents were kind. I lived just outside Mars Trapolis, the capital city of Mars. I hated cities. There was never any snow in our park. When I came to Earth and seen the state of the consumption, it reminded me of the snow from a past life on Earth. I was young, at school. Class had just ended and it was snowing outside. Some of the boys had started a snowball fight with each other. Sure, I didn't want to get involved, but I got roped into it by a few of the older students. I was picked on during the fight. They used to call me Billy No Name. It all seems so fresh and vivid now. Remember how you wanted to ask me earlier who I am and who the unnamed unknowable female was? Well, Shutters that part of the answer is why I wasn't going to tell you. I'd made it my prerogative to keep our identity anonymous until after the war. And how do I know I can even trust you with these minor details? 
There's no telling who might find this diary, or who might be lurking out there to try and steal our clone's memories. Shutter sock music. 